uh, give another work plan for, and then we'll give another work plan now for the entire remaining quarters. Now, with that long and lengthy introduction, let's get to the gist of the discussion today. Today, we are discussing a case called Makangu versus Tibuana. And we are digesting this case in light of Section 47 of the Law of Succession Act. So in layman's terms, before we, I welcome the panelists, now we may be just giving a breakdown of what we're talking about today. Section 47 of the Law of Succession Act gives the High Court jurisdiction to hear any application to pronounce decree and orders. The original jurisdiction, the appellate jurisdiction, the supervisory jurisdiction are all bestowed upon the High Court as per that section. So it means if there is any matter that relates to a succession dispute or any probate matter, then that matter can only be heard by the High Court or by a, a, a judge that is appointed by the Chief Justice, a resident magistrate judge that is appointed by the Chief Justice to hear that matter as per that level. It means, therefore, that that matter cannot be heard by any other court. To the members joining us who maybe don't study law yet, let, let me do this introduction legally and then now we will help you in our discussion. But it is very important that I bring this out legally as it is. So the Court of Appeal does not have jurisdiction. The Supreme Court does not have jurisdiction to hear any matter on probate issues. That is the law in Kenya. That is the law under Section 47 of the Law of Succession Act. Now, in, in 1996, East African Court sits down and they decide a case of Makango versus Kibwana, the case we are dealing with today. And they say, no, appeal does lie to the Court of Appeal from a decision of the High Court on probate issue. And what they say is this, the High Court only gives decrees and orders as per Section 47 of the Law of Succession Act, decrees and orders. And every decree and order can be appealed before the Court of Appeal if it lies as a matter of right under Section 66 of the Civil Procedure Act, or if it is by leave of court under Section 75 of the Civil Procedure Act. So this is an East African court, and it says a matter will lie as an appeal before the Court of Appeal on probate issue from the High Court. Because the High Court only gives decrees and orders, and every decree and order of the High Court can be subjected to an appeal before the Court of Appeal. Now, the question is this. Why are we introducing Section 66 of the Civil Procedure Act and Section 75 of the Civil Procedure Act on probate matters? Because we know civil procedure, uh, the, the civil process is divided into different proceedings. We have the probate uh, proceedings, we have the normal civil proceedings, and we have judicial review where the probate proceedings and judicial review are uh, sui generis in nature. So the Law of Succession Act and its subsidiary legislations is full in addressing probate proceedings. But then Makango versus Kibwana comes in, the decision of the court of Makango versus Kibwana comes in and states that actually probate issues can be subjected to the common civil procedure in some instances. Tonight, in a panel that is composed of uh, Masila Mudina, um, Harrison Kuguru, uh, Innocent Otuma, Mugeseje, and yourselves and myself, we are going to have this discussion, legally and otherwise. We will bring in facts, we will bring in scenarios, we will bring in decided cases, and we will analyze what was the law trying to protect. There are certain questions we set out. What was the law trying to protect by creating Section 47 independently for the High Court? Then the second question that we will also examine tonight is what differentiates probate and succession matters from the normal civil proceedings? And the third one that we will deal with today, what is the effect of an East African court decision like Makango versus Kibwana on the application and decision of probate matters in Kenya today? Let me just confirm if already our panelists are in, and then we will give them time, and then after a panelist speaks, we will be engaging with the audience. Is uh, Harrison in? Kuguru? Yes. yes. Oh, thank you. Uh, Mudina? Mudina Masila? Maybe she's yet to join us. Innocent? Ah, yes, I mean. Okay, thank you. Um, Mugesi J? 
Mudina and Mugesi are yet to join us. Uh, I've seen we have been joined with uh, my friend and our guest, Tal Israel Tali, but I uh, you know probably he's on transit, so he will come in when he's ready and he's free for it. So maybe, Harrison, let's take through with you, bro. Makangu versus Kibwana. Your thoughts about the case even before we deal with the issues we're dealing with tonight? I, I actually I didn't find the case, but I've seen it cited in um, several cases. But generally, I agree with the um, um, with the decision made by in the Makangu versus Kibona case, simply because um, pe persons have rights to appeal, and this is also subject to um, Article Forty Eight of our Constitution, um, talk, talking about. Um, access to justice so if we limit this um right to appeal in, in in the in the appellate court which is the court of appeal it will be a limitation to the um our rights to justice our rights to access to justice however uh, max I, I don't know what do you think about the east african um courts the effect of the the court on Ken, on, on kenyan courts uh, the the effect of east african court decision on kenyan courts it's it's a yes. question that actually the panelist will answer later it's it's a discussion question <laughs> so just proceed i will okay. give my thought at that moment okay Oh, Harry. So, so yeah. Okay, proceed. So, uh, as um, what what the the legislation says is that a party must first seek leave. However, the the granting of this leave is discretionary to the court. So, this is sub subject to Article um I mean section section seventy five of the Civil Procedure Act. And also may find um, leave, um, they may be allowed to appeal subject to section 66 as a matter of right. Mm -hmm. So I believe where, um, so in a case like the John Bugwa karaoke versus Peter Kiru, the court uh, decided that the party had failed to seek leave. And therefore, so, um, by dint of that, it's, they depicted that they had no interest to seek leave of the court to appeal and they 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 quashed the application and um the 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 holding the holding in the makangu versus kibona case uh, as we see evidently upheld So I agree with uh, with that case, Max. Basically. So 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 you agree with the case that um, on probate matters, uh, they, there should be a right to appeal before the court of appeal. Yes. Okay. Maybe simply, Harry... simply because after the court of appeal is given original jurisdiction to make um, only um, orders or decrees. And okay. the right of appeal on probate matters should be allowed in the court of appeal. Okay, okay. So maybe Harry, keep on that thought. I just have a discussion question as as, as maybe we, we think along Harry's line. What I've captured from Harry, Harry says that um, there ought to be right to appeal before the court of appeal, whether it's uh, it's probate matters or not, because the high court only makes orders and decrees, and those orders and decrees are appealable either as a matter of right under Section 66 of the Civil Procedure Act or by leave of court under Section 75 of the Civil Procedure Act. Where I don't agree with Harry maybe is at one point that I want to shoot before the next panelist maybe gives us his or her thought on the same, is this. Uh, there is this case I have over here, uh, where Ringera J, it is called the Welcomes, uh, let, let, me, let me get it right. Yeah, it's called the Willamundi versus the Chairman Electoral Commission of Kenya 2002, Volume 1, EKLR.
and ringera j says that um, the right to appeal is not automatic and does not arise from any case that is adjudicated in a lower court it must be given by statute or by any legal rules where it is not given then it does not exist and we say that section 47 of the law of succession act and the subsidiary legislation which is the rules and probate administration i mean i mean the probate and administration rules pardon me the probate and administration rules is comprehensive enough to deal with succession matters and probate matters and the civil procedure act will now only be permitted uh, where the law of succession act permits the civil procedure act and rules to apply and if you read section 63.1, I was doing my research on this case. If you read section 63.1 of the rules uh, of the, I mean, of the probate and administration rules, it has specified specific sections of the civil procedure that can be applied in probate matters. And section 66 and section 67 is not mentioned. It has only set out rules, the civil procedure rules that apply. So here we're having a conflict of jurisdiction. Because we are saying, maybe th th this is the bigger concept. Wills, for example. Uh, let, me, let me give it uh, the smallest or the, the, the most uh, understandable uh, breakdown. Today, I get into an agreement with the Hari Kuguru and Innocent Wanyoni. So I write my will uh, and I say, uh, this car that Innocent Wanyoni bought for me. Now, let's say, for example, Innocent Wanyoni is my dad. So this car that Innocent Wanyoni bought for me, I will give to Harrison Kuguru. That is in my will. And then this dispute is only had once before the High Court. And maybe the High Court makes a problem that returns this dispute to arbitration, for example. And that is a pro, an R in law. And every R in law is appealable. It's an order in decree. And then now, Harry is being told, or Wanyoni is being told, that they cannot appeal before the Court of Appeal because the Court of Appeal does not have jurisdiction. Jurisdiction hence at the High Court. And the only thing they can do is a review. So, Innocent Wanyoni, now that I've used you as an example and you're a panelist, what are your thoughts in the decision of Makango versus Kabuana viewed against Section 47 of the Law of Succession Act? <laughs> All right. Thank you, Max. Good evening, by the way. Good evening, bro. Yeah, okay. My views on the same. Um, in the Makango versus Kabuana case, um, I read section 57 of the Succession Act and it says that the High Court can have jurisdiction to, to entertain any application and determine any disputes under this act and to pronounce such decrees and make such orders therein as may be expedient. Yeah. But still, you can see the same High Court denying the Court of Appeal jurisdiction over probate matters because, well, the appeal court has to seek the leave of the high court to entertain any matters of succession um, from the, any any appellate matters of succession from the high court. I find this. I find the. I find the the nini, the locus classicas of Mahangu Vaskibwana as being odd and unreasonable because um, if you look. If you look at it clearly, matters of succession are emotive and are a big affair. Sometimes they they like um, involve billions of money. Like someone might have a multi-billion dollar or a multi-million dollar estate. So I find it unreasonable for for the high court to be the original and final jurisdiction on matters succession because this has only come up as a misconstruction of mm -hmm. the high court on article ah on section 47 of the succession act where they think that they are the final that they are the court of last resort yet mm -hmm. you can see they are still applying some rules of the civil procedure act that ahead as we will discuss they're still trying to evade like there's an overlap yet they're still trying to seclude themselves from the same. I don't know if I've been clear. Yeah, I, do, I don't know that quote you write. So maybe let's get an involvement from, uh, from, from the audience for, for a minute before Masilin Mugesi comes through. Uh, you can raise your hand or you can unmute your mic and contribute on the same. 
Yes, Derek Mukua. Proceed. Then Don, you will come after. Uh, am I audible? Yes, you are. Uh, now, what I would say for now are my opening statements because I have an analysis that I want to give later on. Now, number one is that the law is not just what is posited. There's something that goes beyond it. And if I may quote one uh, Lord, Lord Frankfurt, he says that law, the rule of law does not apply only to legislative enactment and precedent. It is the complete uh, collection of canons of decency and fairness. Now, fairness is not justice. And here, we are looking at a situation where injustice is performed by virtue of a deficiency as it appears in the act. Now, the question I'd like to pose is, is there an actual deficiency? Because what we are asking ourselves is, what we are, or rather what we are saying is that someone cannot an appeal a decision from the High Court. Is this actually the truth? And this I pose again to the panelists and the audience. Thank you. Um, can I take um, Mokua's question? Mokua, uh, can you come up with your maybe last statement? I didn't catch that right. My question is this. We are saying that rather the, the, the current position of the debate is that somebody cannot appeal a decision from the high court in matters of succession because probate matters are separated from civil uh, proceedings mm -hmm. yeah my question is is this the actual fact is it actually the truth that one cannot appeal a decision from the high court to an appellate court and if there is a, a provision yeah for in certain circumstances where can we find these provisions thank you Okay, um, I, I will address that. Don't don't have his hand up, Don. Yeah, good evening, Max, and uh, good evening to all of you. Um, okay, I have a lot of concerns, but for now I'll, I'll address maybe maybe one or two. Uh, I think this entire case is actually it actually trickles down to the rules of statutory interpretation whereby uh, the court of appeal sitting uh, the the court sitting in uh, in uh, the, the makangu case uh, actually tries to use uh, the golden rule of statutory interpretation to interpret uh, the provisions of both the law of succession act and the civil procedure act then we come to subsequent decisions which have been rendered which again try to use the literal rule of statutory interpretation by reading exactly what is provided for in the acts uh first things first uh, i think i will oppose uh, what kuguru said uh, and also innocent who are backing the makangu case and uh, perhaps just mention something on what derek has said it's not that uh, this appeal is limited we have we have actually said and max has actually said that uh, that the question of uh, this probate matters is actually a sui generis matter. It's, it's not a, like your ordinary civil suits. It's actually different. Like uh, Ringera said in, the, in that case, uh, same to judicial, judicial review proceedings. And uh, probate and, uh, and uh, administration matters are actually covered under the Law of Succession Act together with, with its attendant rules, which are the probate and administration rules. So I, I see no reason, uh, which was actually the, the position. I think uh, it's the case of, uh, uh, if, I, if I can get it right, it was actually cited with approval in UNESCO Kerugo Oruta. I cannot get the, the name, but I will mention it later. Yeah, uh, uh, versus, versus George, uh, George Oruta. It's uh, two, 2001, it? no, a civil appeal number 60 of 2016. There was a, 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 another case cited in the same. I'm okay. trying to find it. Yeah, mm -hmm. in which they said uh, it is trait law. I, I don't know what they remember the case. Uh, it is trait law uh, that a right to appeal must be granted by a statute. 
Yeah, yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah, it's actually Julius Kamau Kidaka versus, versus someone. But it's quite law that where any proceedings are governed by a special act of parliament, like in this case, the Law of Succession Act, the provisions of such an act must be strictly construed and applied. Therefore, what is what is in the Law of Succession Act is what was intended to be therein in the manner mm -hmm. and extent it is there. What is not therein expressly is what was intended not to be there by the legislator. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. therefore, this is what this is the literal rule in statutory interpretation. And I do agree with them. There, there is a there is the administration, the private administration rules, which are supposed to govern such provisions. There is no need to start mm -hmm. reading from the Civil Procedure Act in such matters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The second point I want to I want to put across uh, was in the Makango case. They made reference to Section 47 as uh, as the, the Section 47 of the Law Succession Act as the basis for for appeal, uh, for the right of appeal, rather than, than seeking leave. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I need, I need uh, okay, members to understand that in civil, in uh, probate matters, mm -hmm. like I said, it's not your ordinary civil suits. Even in terms of enforcement, we do not, mm -hmm. we do not make reference to order 21 of the civil procedure, Act. the civil procedure rules, rules. which, rules. Govern, mm -hmm. which actually, actually govern judgment and decrees. So, I do not understand how then we can we can try now to sneak in uh, mm -hmm. uh, order. I think that is that should be section uh, 66 and 75 of the Civil Procedure Act. Yet the the, the the provisions on judgment and decrees does not apply because in terms of uh, enforcement for probate matters, we refer to in in case someone does not adhere to, to such, we only take uh, the only avenue is, is uh, through content proceedings. And not through enforcement of order 21 or provisions of order 21 i think that will be all all for me i think for now yeah uh, uh thank you don that that i think that was very elaborative on the topic that we are dealing with today uh what we capture from don is what what i said in the very beginning that probate matters are very very different from the ordinary civil proceedings and uh, judicial uh, review process our guest tally uh tally is in uh, i don't know tally are you at a position to uh to chip in right now before mokua comes back his hand is raised and any other audience that want to chip in to ask a question maybe contribute feel free to raise your hand yes tally like I told you, I'm in transit. Yes. So uh, unless I see that something needs uh, uh, really, really urgent attention, I will be able to come in. But now I'll be an inconvenience to my colleague passengers. passengers so <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, just, yeah. I'm just following. Yeah, OK, OK. But so far, okay, so Charlie. good. Uh, so far, so good. You are doing good. OK, Thank you, bro. Yeah, that's my friend Tali is on transit, and thank you, Tali, for joining us. Uh, I know he's checking in. So, tell Remiz Z, Remiz Rem Z, I'm being requested by a panelist that you are a special guest. So, before Mokwa comes back, you can kindly chip in a contribution. Remiz Z. Okay, Rem Z not being oh Rem Z yeah your mic is on yes we are listening. Okay 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 you we may slide. <laughs> okay okay thank you Rem Z and Ronyoni for that. Let me get back to what Don said before we bring in the the next. The next panelist on the same and to give room for audience on enforcement on enforcement we know that the rationale that the 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 the, the, the probate proceeding are not suit in the ordinary sense of civil actions and uh, the the orders and decrees issued uh, by the probate court under the provisions of the law of succession act are therefore not capable of execution under the provisions of the civil procedure act Maybe that's the question I wanted to ask Don and uh, also the panelists. If we say very, uh, if we agree with Don, maybe, yeah, if we agree with Don, maybe, and we say that the Civil Procedure Rules and the Civil Procedure Act at no cost should it apply under the probate proceedings because probate proceedings are sui generis in nature. 
then in execution and enforcement, how then can we enforce these particular orders and decrees without relying on the civil procedure rules? Don, you've raised your hand. Yeah, just, just to answer your question, um, you also made reference to that should be rule 73 of uh, the civil procedure of, of the probate and administration rules, which uh, specifically gives uh, the, the, the civil uh, procedure permission. Exactly. Yeah. And one of them should be that should be rule uh, that should be, I think, order 45 of the civil order procedure. 44 and order 36 of the civil procedure act. Yeah, and uh, one of them, uh, which, which was procedure cited, rules. Mm -hmm. yeah, one of them, which was actually cited with approval uh, by uh, Justice Angawa, that should be the that should be a particular case here. Let me see if I can find it. Um, it should be Habakuko Cheng, if I'm not wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, he said one of the ways in which you can approach. Uh, in which a matter a matter is appealable to the court of appeal is by review which is actually provided for under the mm -hmm. civil procedure act and i do agree with him it's not uh you know in in these uh, probate matters there must it must come to an end at one point in time and uh, mm -hmm. expediently as well we cannot we cannot actually be, be dragging matters in in courts for years and uh, probate matters are actually uh, uh let me say time conscious so so to mm -hmm. say because uh let's say it's a, it's a family business which needs to run will we now be tied up in litigation for years because people want to appeal and appeal and appeal at mm -hmm. some at one point in time it must come to an end so the only way you can approach uh, the court of appeal is by by form of review which is provided for under the civil procedure act i, I do not rule out that uh, the civil procedure act is not applicable uh, it's only applicable to the extent of the law of succession act and uh, its rules which is uh Rule uh, 60, uh, that is, uh, I think 63, yeah, states. Mm -hmm. Okay, Derek's hand is up. And Masila, you can pick after Derek if you're already in. Yes, I just want to guide the conversation. As I introduced earlier, I said the rule of law engage, involves the canons of decency and fairness. Mm -hmm. Now, when somebody has uh, has gone to a court and a decision has been made that is repugnant to the rules of law, why can't this person be granted appeal? And I refer us to section 73 of the probate rules, which says nothing in these rules shall limit or otherwise affect the inherent power of the court to make such orders as may be necessary for the ends of justice uh, or to prevent the abuse of the court process. Mm -hmm. See, here we find natural law being embedded mm -hmm. as a caution, just so that the court process may not be abused. So my question, mm -hmm. I reiterate, is it that somebody cannot appeal to the high court when a decision repugnant to the rule of law has been made? Uh, is it that somebody cannot appeal to the appeal court of appeal when a decision repugnant to the rule of law has been made to the high court? Thank you. Okay, uh, that's, that's a very good point of concern, by the way, which actually roots our conversation, that by giving jurisdiction exclusively to the High Court, there are chances that, because we know that uh, appeals lie as a matter of an R in law that is committed at the court of, uh, at the High Court. They, mostly in the courts of appeal, they hardly re-examine facts. But what we are saying here is what Don has clarified and this is what Moko is asking, so we are just bringing a balance. Don said that technically there is no appeal that lies before the Court of Appeal. What, the court of, what, what happens is that they apply for a review and the determination of that review from that bench is what technically gives them the right to appeal. That's the advocates that uses this channel of Makango versus Kibwana. So for example, if a matter is before um, a high court judge and the high court judge has in a matter of fact, that matter is likely not to be appealed because appeals come uh, from status the way we say it, as a matter of right or as a matter of leave and not on facts. But now when the high court judge has on a point of law, like what Kome J, uh, the Honorable Chief Justice did on a case that I was, uh, I was checking just uh, prior, where, yeah, 
the the judge goes beyond the jurisdiction he or she has under section 47 of the law of succession act and does not pronounce itself its orders or decrees but takes the dispute back to arbitration yeah which is not a jurisdiction under section 47 of the law of succession act you should not redelegate that particular uh, judicial um, uh, uh, privilege. The High Court is mandated to pronounce itself, make decrees and orders on probate matters. Now, in such a point, an advocate for the aggrieved party can apply for a review before the Court of Appeal on that decision. Now, the determination of that review is that what technically now would give that advocate or that particular party a right to appeal before the Court of Appeal. Now, we are saying where I have subscribed to the School of Thought of Dawn, that probate matters are very comprehensive and complete on themselves and the civil procedure process should not apply to them. When they say the jurisdiction is of the High Court, then it should be so. Mokoa is also asking on the other hand that what happens now, where now this particular determination of review is so repugnant to justice or is so humiliating to the rules and canons of justice that it makes the other party not meet his or her ends of justice. Should the law not be uh, lenient enough to permit people to access justice. So I don't know. Um, I don't know who have a question to that, but I see Innocent Wanyoni has raised his hand. Innocent. Um, I think to answer Mukua's question, the issue of final jurisdiction is not new in our country. We know of the Supreme Court's um, final jurisdiction on election matters. And most of the times, even after the decisions, some parties still don't want to, some parties still feel cheated out of the decision. They feel like the decision wasn't fair, but you still have to accept the doctrine of finality, which is a principle of law where we have to like move on with our lives. So I think... <laughs> well, we have to move on. Yeah, we have to move on. So I think... We should accept that um, final ju jurisdiction is there and should apply, even if at times um, it is not fair to some to some parties because we have to respect the decisions of the court. Right. So Wanyoni feels like, and Wanyoni also subscribes to the school of thought of Don, that we intended as a people through our representatives while making the law of succession act for example that we wanted the high court to be the ultimate court that has jurisdiction to hear and determine any probate issue do we have any contrary or any question or any contribution from the audience Um, sorry, but Max, I had a certain curious issue that I'd like to raise about okay. the same. Um, we can see, like, for example, in a certain case that I passed by, in the estate of Habakkuk Ochieng Adede, which was yeah. a... Which was a high a court total, decision. Yeah, a high court decision where the high court refused. The high, the high court refused to follow the decision made in Mahangu Vaskibwana, which was a court of appeal, which was an which was a higher court decision, right? So don't you think that the issue of succession is trying to bring about further errors of law where uh, how are they called this where lower courts are even even are even trying to muscle out the higher courts of um okay, wait, wait. Okay, I've, I've picked your question. Let me just answer it in summary. We were first dealing with the uh, divergent nature, how probate uh, proceedings are different from ordinary civil proceedings and judicial review. We have dealt with that. And now we were looking at the effect of the Makango versus Kibwana decision in the application and decision of succession ca uh, cases in Kenya today. I agree with you. The, court, the High Court and the Court of Appeal hold divergent positions on the question of the applicability of the Civil Procedure Act and maybe it's subsidiary legislation, the rules to appeals in succession courses. There could come in various decisions. There's that one you're talking about in the matter of Abaku Kuchena Dede, that's uh, 
I think it's uh, Nairobi High Court succession course number 721 of 2000. It's an hour decision by the way. In the matter of estate of Mariko Marumbi Kiiru, uh, in the matter of estate of James Gitumbi Kagwiri, that was our our Weru J decision. In the matter of estates of Mohamed Saleh, uh, which also had the likes of Koma J, Hayanga J, and so on, the High Court has refused to appeal that uh, to uphold that decision. The Court on Appeal, on the other hand, in other decisions like in the in Bernard Gachoki Kaboy versus John Kabaruchi Kaboy, the Kaboy versus Kaboy case, the 2003 case of Kaboy versus Kaboy, there were Tugu Karigasha versus the Nyakukabi Karigasha case. And I was also checking the George Itoti Anganga versus the Meri Wanjiku case. Those are cases where the Court of Appeal has actually upheld this Makangu versus Makangu uh, decision. So that there's a right of appeal from the decision of the High Court to the Court of Appeal arising from Section 47 of the Law of Succession Act when read together with Section 66 and 75. And their defense has always been what I asked, Don, that uh, the Law of Succession Act and its uh, probate and administration rules does not have an enforcement mechanism or execution mechanism of its uh, of the orders that it creates and therefore there is need to rely on the civil procedure rules and the civil procedure act so that certain orders under probate matters are executed you see so the, the, the problem is that the the particular precedent that is creating this particular um that is creating this particular uh, the, the particular case that is creating this particular precedent is an East African case. While nationally we have a particular section of a statute, section 47, that does not recognize this. And you guys remember that jurisdiction flows both from statute and precedence. So it brings a conflict of law. And that is why we are discussing it here tonight, so that we see what should we rely on? Should you go with the school of thoughts of Donald Watson that um the Law of Succession Act and its subsidiary legislation is full. Or should we go by the thought of the rest of the members, uh, the, uh, Wanyoni leading that pack? Uh, no, Wanyoni has actually crossed the side. Uh, Mokua leading that pack, pardon me. That there are needs and there are gaps in that particular creation of law. And sometimes it might be important that we look beyond our confined jurisdiction and borrow decisions that have been made by a regional body like East African Court so that we apply and we ensure that ends of justice are met. That is the summary of the discussion we have had tonight. Our digest is, was supposed to run until 8.30. We still have additional 17 minutes. But we are going to give room of seven minutes of interaction with our audience on the very same before we close the digest. So before I give room for Mukua, let me give room for any audience, any member of the audience, any of our members that join us in our weekly digest, was a clarification, uh, a question, an explanation in the same. Just unmute and say hello. dealing with Africans is hard in that order so I will maybe say hello to a few friends and engage with them um, legally on the same Lemayania Lemayania is the Attorney General of JCUSA, all the universities of JQUAT all the subsidiary campuses and the main JQUAT uh, their legal advisor the union is Lemayanian Lemayanian is a staunch member of TOL Lemayan Okay, I know I will reply minutes later. Odindo Yoga. Shmuel Odindo is our correspondent from Catholic University of East Africa School of Law. is uh, the guy in charge of Tolth in that campus. So I'd like to hear his thoughts on the same. Ishmael Odindo. Yes, Mr. Ogola, can you hear me? Yes, bro, I can hear you. Uh, today I don't have much to say. I just... Uh, <laughs> I share, I I share sentiments. Yeah, I share sentiments <laughs> with uh, my colleagues. However, I just wanted to add that... Um, 
regional laws and international laws are there to supplement our national laws. So where there's a lacuna in the law, uh, as to the national law, I think uh, the court should not hesitate from uh, resorting to a regional law, like the case of a uh, case made on East Africa or an international law. Uh, I don't want a petition because you said it would remain with 17 minutes, which is now less. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, and others want, well, also want to contribute at the same. I therefore want to rest my case at that. Uh, thank you, my friend, for that contribution. Uh, as you know, the moja. Pamoja on that conversation. <laughs> Derek Okoa, yes, you've raised your hand, bro. Take it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, because of time, I will now say my summary thoughts. Mm -hmm. And uh, I will start by giving the common law position on positivism. Mm -hmm. uh, for those who are new to law, positivism inamanisha kile kimiandikwa, what is written. And in, according to common law, as long as it, just because it is not written, doesn't mean it is prohibited. That is the position. Mm -hmm. Another position I want to bring forth is that there's a reason why, uh, that there's an appeal granted in, 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 the, in the Law Succession Act, Section 47. And this appeal is an appeal from a, res a resident magistrate's court. Now, what we realize is that the nature of appeals in the, in the law of succession is once, and there's a reason for that. I shall, I shall conclude with it. Mm -hmm. But with that said, I mentioned Section 73 of the Probate and Administration Rules, which says that nothing shall prevent the inherent power of the court to prevent abuse of the court process. Mm -hmm. And you will notice in the Law of Succession Act, there is nothing said about the position of the appellate court in relation to law succession matters. Mm -hmm. What we have is section 50 that says, appeal to the high court for orders or decrees made by a resident magistrate in respect of any estate is a final decision. Mm -hmm. Right? That is what we find. That the final, the, the mandate given is to the high court to listen to appeals from a resident magistrate and such appeals shall be final. Mm -hmm. Nothing is said about decisions coming from the High Court going to the Court of Appeal. Because there's none. There's none. Mm -hmm. With that said, mm -hmm. I mentioned that there, uh, I will say something of, uh, I want to say something of the enforcement. We said that uh, the probate pro uh, uh, process does not provide for an enforcement mechanism. And there's a reason for that. The, the purpose of the probate process is mm -hmm. to qualify the status of claimants. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is what makes it different from a civil process. In a civil process, there mm -hmm. is a characterization of the event, yeah, mm -hmm. whereby there is a case-to-case -case basis. But you find that in succession matters, there is a certain code that has been made by tradition and legislation, such that if you are a trustee, there are qualifications you have to meet to become a trustee. If you are if you are a dependent, there are qualifications you have to meet to become a dependent. So the exercise that we are having is a qualitative exercise, not a characterization one. Okay, you find me? Such that at the end of this process, at the end of the decision, the status of the individuals is known. When it comes to the estate, estates. Uh, Attached with come with rights and entitlements. These are private rights, and courts have jurisdiction to determine uh, issues of private rights. But as we have said, this jurisdiction has to be put in law, right? It has to yes, be put tally, in law. Now the question. Tally, tally, tally has raised his hand, so you could actually because we have ten minutes and we want to involve other people. Even after that, you could actually put a conclusion on that, sir. Yes, so concluding, mm -hmm. you will see that in the civil procedure rules, uh, it is the Court of Appeal that has been given jurisdiction to determine a case into finality, and that is mm -hmm. subject to any conditions or limitations 
that may be prescribed. The condition is that it must be prescribed. And the problem we have is that there is no prescription. So then what happens? We move to section 63, whereby it's, it talks about the application of civil procedure rules and high court practices, whereby you find that the provision given under subsection one is subject to any order of the court or and of which the reasons must be recorded, right? So the application and, uh, of the civil procedure rules and high court practices, including the process of appealing to the high court, is subject to an order of the court which, which reasons must be recorded. For that, we find that the court has been given a freedom, you know, mm -hmm. to decide on whether are these circumstances worthy of okay. noting down we shall apply rules of civil procedure. Thank you. Ah, okay. Thank you for that powerful closing. Let's hear from Tali. Tali, Tali. I just wanted to make a few comments. Um, I am, it's my understanding that the case we are talking about today uh, talks about the need to seek leave mm -hmm. before appealing to, uh, to the Court of Appeal on a succession matter that has lied in the High Court before. Is that the position? Uh, the, the case we're dealing with today says that appeals yes. actually lie to the Court of Appeal from decisions of the High Court on probate issues on the ground that the High Court only makes decrees and orders. And each decree and order can lie in the Court of Appeal as either as a matter of right or by leave. That's what the case is saying. So the position is that uh, leave has to be sought first. Yeah, or it can also go straight as a matter of right. Okay. Uh, okay, I get it. I just wanted to make a comment with respect to the question of appeal. Am I still being heard? Yes, clearly, bro. Uh, somebody had called me, so I thought it interrupted. But then with respect to appealing, Anambar, let me start with the right to appeal. Uh, And, or even before that, I had a discussion about the case being from the East African Court of Appeal. Yeah. I think before you classify a decision from the East African Court of Appeals as there was, it is important to go back and uh, study what is the position of the East African Court of Appeal in the Kenyan jurisprudence then. What was the judicial the hierarchy of courts then? So that you will be able to know whether this was this is to be considered a Kenyan case, though decided by the East African Court of Appeal, or it should be considered as a regional case, as somebody had said, a characterization which I don't find proper. So it's an area somebody might want to explore so that you are clear uh, the position of the East African Court of Appeal in the hierarchy of courts. And then, number two, with respect to the right to appeal, we all know that the right to appeal can be an automatic right that is a, as a matter of right, or it can be a right sought after leave. And the Constitution has given the Court of Appeal, the Constitution has given the Court of Appeal the right to, I mean, the powers to consider decisions that are coming from lower courts, that being the High Court. But then you see this is not automatic. The right to appeal, I heard somebody mention, has to be granted by uh, mostly statutes. And you would see, yeah, you would see, for example, in arbitration matters, uh, the question of finality has been instead. And you have seen arbitration up to the new two and synergy decisions. Uh, uh, appealing to the Court of Appeal has really brought a lot of problems. And that is why you will see it's not automatic that you will just go to the Court of Appeal. Now, coming back to this case and the reason why uh, there is that caveat of seeking leave, I would refer you to judicial review cases on why leave has to be sought or on cases uh, before the Supreme Court when uh, they are certifying a matter of uh, general public importance. And then lying it to the context of succession, you look at the nature of succession disputes and you need to understand the importance of finality in succession disputes and why it had to be introduced that it's important to seek leave before appealing to the Court of Appeal. Now, say a succession matters come from the magistrate, and then they have come to the high court. This is a these are disputes that take ages. There is property that needs to be distributed. There are property that are uh, are losing value that needs to be managed, and you do not want to allow 
every Tom, Dick and Harry to continue with uh, judicial processes which can be delaying and jeopardize rights of otherwise entitled beneficiaries. And that is why the requirement for seeking leave, in my opinion, gets introduced. So, now, uh, with respect to uh, the Civil Procedure Act, as I finish, I mean the Civil Procedure Rules as applicable to succession, it is always also good when you're evaluating such a case to consider what is the less specialist law and what is the less generalist law. So once you're able to uh, establish, is it the law of succession that is less specialist here? Or is the civil, pro uh, the civil procedure rules uh, less generalist here? And then you must understand that the less specialist law must apply. Mm -hmm. Again, like I said, I'm in transit and uh, allow me to stop it there. Once thank again, you, thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you so Tali also for always uh, accepting invitation and short notice and engaging with us. God bless you, bro. Uh, we are coming to an end in less than four minutes and I have a few friends that also joined that and like their contributions on the same before we close. Vanessa Sifunjo, that's my friend from the Legal Aid Clinic and also a veteran friend over the years. If you may have a cent on the conversation we are having today, the platform is yours. Vanessa Sifunjo. All right. Samuel McGuire. A correspondent from Moy University. Uh, yes. Mr. Williams, no, thank you very much. Where, where are you? You are in a very noisy place. Where are you? <laughs> no, bro, we will do that another time. You are in a very noisy place. Anyway. Uh, Cyril Mutichi, Duncan Dungu, um, let's start with our tech guy, Teddy. Teddy, thank you for the session. Uh, Teddy organized everything, the poster, uh, the link, and he's recording the session. Thanks, bro. Uh, Augustine Barongwezen, Brian Mwangi, Bridget Mwangi, Kali Blangat. I'd like to hear what you had to say on this senior council, but yeah, thank you. Uh, Cyril Mutichi, Duncan Dungu, Derek Mukua, Donald Wanson. Gaki Kabuyu, Harrison Kuguru, Ismail Udindo, Jimmy Wambugu, Ajay Kwatlo 2020, Kimani Njoroge, Motich, Njonjo Wambui, Rayam Z, Sam, Talitali was our guest today, Wanyoni, Winnie Abid, and the rest that had left before that mention. We appreciate you so much for making time uh, for the first return of Dolph Digest this year. And we ask you to keep uh, engaging with us each Wednesday from 7.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. We'll be doing hourly digest. And uh, you can bring your friends on subsequent episodes. You can also tell them to follow this discussion in our YouTube platform and also through our podcasts that is uh, in Spotify and also in Anchor FM. We'll be loading these episodes up there. So engage with us uh, within, within the subsequent weeks. You can sh uh, share on the topics that you want us to discuss. Uh, we will share with you our calendar for both March and April so that you know the case that is coming up front so that you adequately prepare before we get here. But for tonight, all I have to say is thank you and have a good night. So if there's no any further contribution, we may leave at will, ladies and gentlemen.